This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Tour. Back again with you guys for another show, for another episode of our 8am series. Now, the Arsenal News Show. Uh, for those of you that joined us throughout January, when we're not in transfer season, what we do is, is we change this to the Arsenal News Show. We continue on. We keep talking about Arsenal and uh, for all of our sins, <laughs> we continue to talk about Arsenal. I hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Thank you for joining me yesterday. There was a lot of shows, a lot of recordings, uh, a lot of stuff, and uh, we talked about loads. Um, so thank you to everyone that did tune in. Uh, it was uh, a really disappointing day, as we all very much know. But uh, fingers crossed, uh, Arsenal can now focus on the football, and we can focus on the football and trying to keep everybody fit, <laughs> which is is not going to be easy, is it? Let's be real, it's, it's not going to be easy at all um let's jump into the chat boss good morning to uh to everybody that's joining us today uh chris good morning to you good morning to uh scroll up right to the top matt g good morning to mike good morning to moksh uh going to rich Carnu. good morning to daniel roberts uh paul james as well as always lots of regulars still joining us still making this part of your morning routines fantastic to see Rahil, christopher j g norburn uh james dave john t we've got martin james nasru we've got social tigunasaurus uh and plenty more of you as well i believe also we've got a new member pramod thank you so much um for joining up mate really appreciate the support sure you're already being welcomed massively so in the chat box Dan Power saying, how's the hangover? The hangover from the transfer window is real. Uh, that's, uh, that's kind of where we're at this morning, isn't it? The hangover from the transfer window, which is, yeah, it's not great, is what it is. It's not great at all. Um, let's kick on, though, uh, with the stories of the day, because uh, there is plenty for us to talk through. Uh, we start off, as always, by telling you to go and subscribe to The Arsenal Way. Uh, we'll be doing our 9.30am shows Monday to Friday, uh, continually uh, so do join us on the channel uh, and uh, help us hit 10k over there and help us hit 30k over here very close to hitting that 30k number so we'd really appreciate you guys 
jumping on and, and hitting that subscribe button. Uh, but we start off with uh, kind of a, a roundup of what happened yesterday because uh, there was uh, more outs. Uh, players did leave. Armani Richards, under-18s player, left uh, for Leicester on a permanent deal. <laughs> Uh, yesterday, so he will not be returning to Arsenal. He will continue on with Leicester. Didn't get the opportunities at Arsenal, it seems, and was happy to move on. Um, also, we saw Jordan Nosse Tutu leave. Uh, he joined Rotherham on loan. He spent the first half of the season at Nottingham Forest, didn't work out so well, was injured, came back, and has now joined Rotherham. Uh, we have also got uh, Tim Akinola, who left to join Dundee United on loan until the end of the season. Good move for him. Really highly thought of. Been playing regularly in the under-23s. Interesting to see how that unfolds. And uh, Nikolai Moller joined Den Bosch in the second tier of the uh, of the Dutch of the Dutch leagues. So he will play in the second tier of um, the Netherlands this. Uh, last six months of the season so a few loans to keep track of but uh, other than that it was a very very quiet day uh, at Arsenal um, interestingly Alexandre Lacazette was subject to a late bid from Leon. however he decided to stay and Arsenal decided to kind of turn that down he could probably join Leon in the summer in fact I'd really be expectant of that deal happening uh, now in the summer seeing him leave to return to Lyon and uh, join up with their main striking force in the final years of his career. So you can probably expect that to take place. And Arsenal did make a signing, as we discussed several times on yesterday's show. Uh, Austin Trusty joined from Colorado Rapids. 23-year-old left-footed centre-back uh, will return to Colorado Rapids to play the rest of the season before coming back to Arsenal, in which point he will then be sent out on loan. Uh, this deal bugs me. This still really annoys me. Um, not because I don't think he's good, not because I don't think that he's got potential, but because it stinks of business. Uh, it stinks of favours. That's what it does to me. Um, it, I really do find this as a deal uh, that the Colorado Rapids are using Arsenal to enable a route into Europe. That's what I've seen. Some of the reports suggesting is that Arsenal are basically being used in this instance to find a route for Trusty into Europe, get him some game time and then maybe a, a career elsewhere. But he would have to do really ridiculously well um, for for him to get into a route into Arsenal, uh, to be honest. It just, for me, is it's it's like Arsenal just being used as a loan company for a Colorado Rapids player. That's that's where we're at on that. I, I didn't know anything about him previously yesterday, but reading up on a lot more... Uh, over the last 12 hours or so, that's the way that it's coming through, uh, is that he'll, Arsenal are basically used as a gateway into Europe for the player, which is annoying and not surprising considering Colorado Rapids are owned by uh, KSE. So you've got that link between the two. When I wanted Arsenal to get kind of um, a feeder club, I didn't intend for Arsenal to be the feeder club. That's uh, <laughs> That's certainly not what I wanted. Anyway, continuing on, and Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang uh, joined Barcelona on a permanent deal. Uh, we all know about this now. We discussed it a lot yesterday. It's a deal in which I think will save Arsenal a hell of a lot of money. £29 million is said what it's, what it's, what it's supposed to have saved Arsenal, uh, which will open up the opportunity for Arsenal to sign uh, a marquee striker in the summer. But what that is, we don't know. And we're a long, long way from the start now of next season. It will start earlier than usual because of the World Cup in the winter. But we're a long way from the start of August. Um, and Arsenal will have a window that will be shorter than usual to try and get in a marquee striker and they'll be able to do that. Um, it's it's a real frustration. 
that we've not brought in a replacement for a striker that could have scored goals. Uh, his form was awful. But if he was brought back, was reintegrated, did have those kind of clear-the-air talks that we've seen with other players like Ainsley Maitland-Niles, maybe things could have been different. I don't mind him going. It just bugs me that we didn't bring in a replacement. That's that's the problem for me. Um, I've got no arguments with wanting to move him out and save those wages. Uh, I've got a problem with the fact that we've just allowed ourselves to be now so thin. And it's not like we didn't try. We know that we were after Dusan Vlaovic. We have it on authority from Espanyol that Arsenal did inquire, did call up about Raul de Tomas. That happened yesterday, so that was a guarantee. It is very well known that Arsenal um, were interested in Alexander Izak as well. So it's not like Arsenal didn't go for anyone in the final hours of the transfer window. Arsenal wanted a striker. They just left things really, really late and... Uh, the amount of times I sat here and said, oh, right, I appreciate them going after Dusan Vlaovic. It shows um, ambition, even though there's discrepancies and contradictions in reports. Charles Watt suggesting that Arsenal ever really were in for him. Um, but despite that, whether or not that's the case, Arsenal should have had contingencies. And we've seen other players move in that position in this window that could have really strengthened us. And we've not done that. Uh, a lot of people on the, in the comments section felt I was quite overreactionary yesterday, felt like I was being overly negative about the situation. I don't think so. I don't agree. Uh, I think that I gave the window a 3 out of 10. I was on the Arsenal lounge yesterday and everyone gave it a 0 out of 10 besides myself. So <laughs> in the context of that kind of crowds, I'm looking more positively supposedly, but I still think it was an awful window. We got some good players out the door, good business regarding outs, but we didn't bring any money in really. Um, and we've left ourselves weaker in certain positions, which I find ma ma mad. I find mad that we've left ourselves weaker in a window where we needed to position ourselves in a stronger place uh, before the end of this season. That's what really bugs me about this, is that this window was an opportunity to strengthen ourselves to try and get top four. A an opportunity where we didn't have the distractions of Europe, didn't have the distractions of cup competitions. Man United, Chelsea, West Ham, none of those players, none of those teams, sorry, strengthened we had a real opportunity here to improve ourselves ahead of what was a great chance to get top four and we've not done that that's my reasoning for why i'm so disappointed i can appreciate what we've done in regards to getting players out the door and having an overhaul of the squad in that direction i get that but when you know that there's players that have moved during this window that could have improved us it's not like saying there was no one out there. January was really hard and we weren't really in for a striker. All those things aren't true. There were players out there. We were in for strikers and we could have improved the squad. All of those things are true about this window. Um, and, and that's why I am disappointed and that's why I am pessimistic or I'm looking at it in a negative way because I just can't justify the missed opportunity of this window. What I will say and what I will have more debates about is about how much blame is placed on Arteta. I do feel there's a sense of maybe him not being backed. Um, I feel like there's a sense of the hierarchy not giving enough during this window, not backing um, them financially. People referenced the Vlaovic situation as them saying that we, back, we were backed because we tried to get Vlaovic, but we haven't had that confirmed yet. So we don't know whether or not that was the case. We don't know how much money was available. We don't know how much Arteta was given to spend but my reasoning without knowing things and through you know completely trying to grasp the idea of what happened through reasoning is that 
They just simply did not deem the players they were looking at as good enough to join the team. And the strategy that they've put in place deemed possible targets not good enough to improve the squad. Uh, I don't know why Rahili travelled to Denver. That's still very, very unclear. Maybe that's something we'll find out about. Um, a Bamiang situation, I hope that we find out a bit more about that, but it's very, very disappointing. Uh, and that's kind of where I'm at on Edu and Arteta and the hierarchy and what they've done. I'm not happy about it. I think that I've been very fair in my assessment of the window. Um, I've appreciated the things that we've moved out. I don't appreciate the missed opportunities of this season. And that's kind of where I'm at. And that completes the main headlines of today, which means we now go into the chat box and answer your questions. So if you do have any questions, please do throw them into the chat and I'm going to endeavour to answer as many of them as possible over the next 10 to 15 to 20 or so minutes. And if you haven't done so already, please do drop a like on the channel and subscribe. We are going to continue to do these shows at 8am, even though the transfer window is done, bringing you all the latest Arsenal news throughout the season up to the end of the campaign and into the summer. Keep making this part of your routine. I know so many of you have messaged me thanking uh, me for doing the show and I appreciate the kind messages I really do. And I know a lot of you really have this show as part of your mornings now. So uh, it is, you know, it's a duty to continue this on and I intend to do so. I've also got a really great podcast plan for tonight. Five o'clock UK time, Ask Blog, Clive from Arsenal Vision and Kevin Campbell all joining me to have a good chat for an hour about the transfer window and what we did and didn't do. So uh, do set your alarms and your reminders for five o'clock this afternoon. Uh, I look forward to having a chat with those three about what happened. Anyway, let's get to your questions in the chat box. Okay, let's jump and see what you guys are asking. Um, Christopher says, Tom, have we signed Matt Turner or not? The understanding is that, yes, we have an agreement with the player. Uh, he will join in the summer. That's where we're at. It wasn't like officially announced or anything um, yet. Maybe it will be, but the understanding is that there is an agreement with New England Revolution to sign him for 7.58 million quid. That will rise to around 10 million with add-ons. In the summer, he will become Burnt Leno's replacement. We didn't need to bring him in officially now because Burnt Leno has stayed until at least the end of the season. So that's the situation. So as far as I'm, my understanding is that, yes, there is an agreement there. He will be an Arsenal player. Uh, he will just join in the summer. Maggi says, Tom, are we the only team to have actually weakened our squad at the end of the transfer window? No, Man United are as well. Man United have weakened their squad through means under and out of their control. So... Uh, Yes, we're not the only team that have weakened things uh, and come out of the, the window worse off than we were at the beginning. Neil DeSoto says, why some Arsenal fans justify the lack of transfers from this club is really annoying. Look, Neil, you may find it annoying because it's a different point of view to yours. And when we see people putting forth opinions that we ourselves don't hold, it can be annoying, yes. But I think yesterday we showed on the members show when we were joined by a fantastic group uh, of members from our Discord server, uh, in particular, Chris and Vinny uh, put across kind of the opinion of the other side, uh, their reasoning behind it, as did uh, Dan and Ludwig as well, did some really good explaining of why they're feeling yeah, a little bit more optimistically about things. So I think you should remove the word annoying and try and put maybe frustrating, maybe you'd be frustrated by it. But actually, you know, listen to the other side, listen to the views and, and try and get a better understanding of why other people feel the way that they do. Uh, Ty Gunasura says, will we get three strikers, two defensive midfielders, a backup right back, defensive, uh, a centre defensive midfielder or a centre back, maybe I think you mean, right winger in the summer? We could do. 
we absolutely signed six players in the summer of last season, not including any youth signings either. So there is no reason why we could not also pull off another big summer, especially after we didn't spend anything this January and we saved a lot in wages and got a lot of players off the uh, off the squad. So there's no reason and there's no excuse either in the summer. I think that a lot of people that will tell you that this has been a positive window because we got a lot of players out. I think a lot of them will agree that there isn't now any excuses for the summer. There isn't any excuse. There isn't any reasoning behind us not getting some really solid reinforcements in ahead of the next season. I think that's for sure. Um, Lalietta says, that will be one hell of a podcast. I look forward to bringing it to you this afternoon. Tom Beck says, question, Tom, do you think the KSE didn't back because of our current league position? No, I don't think it's the reason. I just don't think they were able to get the players they wanted. I think that's honestly the reason. Jonathan says, do you believe the rumour that we inquired about Darwin Nunez? I've not heard that personally, but it wouldn't surprise me if that was the case because we inquired about a lot of players. Uh, Cam says, everything you have said and your view is 100% correct. So I'm not negative at all. 200% realistic. Joel says, Edu out, Vinay out, Arteta out, Kroenke out, Arsenal Twitter admin out. I'll tell you what, the Arsenal admin had me, uh, had me laughing and, you know, Laughing at kind at them rather than with them. Um, I was laughing at the the social media feed on Arsenal. To be honest, uh, the pictures of Lacazette coming out and the interview of Lacazette is just how how p- political is that? <laughs> how much of a spin is that? Oh mate, we aren't idiots. We know what they're doing. Mogos says Arteta is the face of the club. He is going to be left facing difficult questions when the going gets tough for the rest of the season. Edu is going to get a free ride. I hope that Edu is questioned. I hope that he is uh, approached about an interview like we saw after the summer window. Don't come out after you've signed six players in the summer. Come out now after we've brought no one in. Face the music and answer the questions. That's what we want. We want consistency. If you're going to come out when things are good, looking good that we've signed players and spent more than any other window, great. But I want to know that our technical director will come out when the pressure's on. And when there are lots of really difficult questions to answer and there are a lot of questions that we need answers to. That's when I want to see Edu come out into the press and speak. That's what I want to see. Um, Mo says, Tom, do you think we can no longer attract the big names out there? I think we are going to struggle to attract the level of team, the level of players that will choose Juve. I think when you think back to the golden era of Arsenal, we could compete with teams like Juventus in the market. Uh, signing players from Juventus, Thierry Henry, for instance. I know I wasn't like, you know, an integral part of their team when we signed him, but, you know, being able to sign certain players like Robert Perez um, and players at this level, like we're just, we're not in the same bracket. We're not, we don't have the same level of attraction because players didn't w- grow up watching um, the early 90s or, uh, or rather, you know, the, the, the 89s or the, the mid 90s success or, uh, the late 90s success or uh, the early part of, of the 2000s. They grew up watching an Arsenal qualify for the Champions League consistently, but not win anything. And that's the difference where we're kind of at now. Um, Karuzan says, uh, Hi Tom, amazing work, still providing us with the excellent content pretty much every 8am. Yeah, only not to yesterday because I was working, to be fair. Question, where do you think Arsenal will finish at the end of the season? What would still be a success? I Look, a success, success is top four. Um, and I say that because we could have got it or we could have strengthened our chances. If If we'd have strengthened this window, if we'd have backed Arteta with um, 
a striker, a midfielder. Uh, I would have more. I would actually have more lenience about say finishing fifth. Um, but the fact that we didn't actually gives me more reason to be frustrated if we don't finish top four rather than if we did strengthen and still didn't. And that may seem a bit backwards, but the reason is because I'm so frustrated with not taking this opportunity to strengthen and to not succeed in the market during this window to improve when players have moved that I feel would have improved us. Um, I will be more disappointed. Um, my my ambitions was top six at the start of the season. My ambitions change, and I don't think that it's fair to turn around and say, what were your ambitions at the start of the season? It's not then fair to change those parameters halfway through. I don't think that's fair because the season brings up lots of different talking points. The season presents new opportunities. And if you fail to take the opportunities to take that next step to go even further, I think you have to take that into consideration when you see where you finish. If we have a really good run and say we're really unlucky in the second half of the campaign and there are instances that cost us that are out of our control, um, which are going to be tough to find, to be honest, because injuries and stuff like that, we should have been better prepared for. But say there are some really controversial decisions and stuff like that that cost us big points in games, then maybe we can have more of a leniency in a discussion about it. But for right now, um, I would be really upset with not getting top four um, because I would have felt like we, we could have done and we didn't do enough to try and get it. Uh, Robert says, do you think Kroenke is selling us, hence the wage stripping? No, I don't think so. Vinny says, Tom, uh, so who are we signing? Jack Wilshere, Diego Costa, Obi Mikel or Ramirez? I tell you what, Jack Wilshere, I don't think he signed for anyone. So, and that's a real shame that he didn't get a club from the sounds of things. I mean, I've, I don't, unless I've missed something in the last like few hours or, or so, um, he's not he's not signed for anyone. He was wearing the number twelve shirt while in Dubai. Whether that means anything, I don't know. But that's an interesting one. The fact that he didn't sign for anyone. Franklin says, Tom, isn't it obvious from Edu's opening season interview that there was no target this season? The only target this season was to get the new signings playing and see the level that we are at. Uh, I don't. I, I think when you listen back to Arteta's interview, he'll tell you, and his quotes indicate that actually top four is always the target. Um, and whilst I understand what Eddie was saying is that they weren't going to put a number on things right now, they wanted to see what happened when the team's together, there is still this ambition to get Arsenal back to the Champions League. And that is always the expectation, as Arteta has said himself. Um, Desi says, these players all gone in the summer, Arteta not playing, Laka, Eddie, Pepe, Xhaka, Holding, Leno and Cedric. Uh, we're going to have to replace these. I mean, Laka, Eddie, Elneny, all out of contract. I'm trying to think if there's anyone else um, that I'm missing. But there's going to be players on one year left of their deal. Leno, for instance, is going to be on just that one year. I don't think Pepe has got left, long left. I think he's got two years. I think Saliba will have two years. So, look, we've got some work. We've got work to do. Um, a lot of work to do. James says, time to get behind the team now. Absolutely. What I will say, James, is this is absolutely the point. We can be critical... And I'm, we're going to be critical. We've got 10 days still to be critical uh, about the window. But as soon as Wolves comes around, we're behind them. And we're wanting them to win. And we're wanting them to win well. And we've got 17 cup finals between now and the end of the season to try and get Champions League. And we want Arsenal to win every single one of those games. We want us to be in a position in the summer where we've got Champions League football and that we can try and attract some great players ahead of a season that could be great. 
I don't believe we prepared ourselves in the best possible way with this winter, but we are absolutely behind the team. And if you're not, I question your fandom, to be honest. But we are absolutely hoping that Arsenal can pull off something incredible this season. But it will be in spite of this window if we achieve top four. It won't be because of this window. It will be in spite of it. That is the issue. Um, let's scroll down a little bit more because I feel like I'm missing some of the more recent questions. Uh, let's go to Answer, who says, Tom, with Gamorash gone and Arsenal rejecting 18-month loan for Arta, which midfielder do you think they consider suitable for the summer window? Great question, Answer, and one that we will certainly be discussing in a lot more detail closer to the time because we'll have to wait and see I like Tyler Adams you know I do uh, I look at him as a very very good midfielder I think Yuri Tielemans is a name that will come up once again uh, I think Yuri Tielemans will leave Leicester in the summer Arsenal are interested Arteta loves the guy um, there was talk that he could leave in January but you know that didn't happen I didn't think it would do but I think that in the summer Arsenal will go uh, and try and get Yuri Tielemans. Uh, Jonathan says, West Ham, Arsenal, Man United, which of these clubs do you think had the worst winter? Uh, Manchester United uh, and West Ham had worse windows than Arsenal, without a shadow of a doubt. And that's come, that goes a long, long way. Man United have lost a lot of key players. Man United have got areas that they also needed to strengthen. West Ham... If you think about the opportunity that West Ham have got this year, the fact that they've left themselves with just one clear striker, to be honest, that is poor. Um, and David Moyes is doing a great job of masking a lot of the failures of that window. So I actually weirdly think that Man United and West Ham had worse windows than Arsenal because Arsenal still at least you know managed to do some good things regarding outgoings. So, But Man United and West Ham have given Arsenal hope. Tottenham have strengthened, I'd say strengthened, they've improved their depth. They've not really improved their starting 11, but they've improved their depth. Um, I rate Tango and Dembele as a player, and so him going, I think, is just a waste of talent, to be honest. I think he was one of the best signings that they've made, but just, it just didn't work. Uh, I don't think he's been used properly. Benton Kaur is not a better player than an Dembele used correctly um, at all. So I don't think that they've progressed their team. Um, the other teams in the top four contention, Chelsea haven't signed anyone, but I mean, the only player that they're really going to be looking at was a left back. You could argue now that they're very short there. That could be a bit of a problem for them if, if say, Alonso gets injured or Azpilicueta gets injured, he can cover, uh, or hudson Adoy gets injured. Maybe they'll find some problems. And then Wolves, look, Wolves are very good. Wolves have already got a very good side. So I just think Arsenal have missed the opportunity, to be honest, to, to close the gap or strengthen the gap um, between themselves and those other teams. Um, Crucial says, I question fan with those calmly watching Arteta destroy our club. <laughs> Again, I do think there is, I think a lot of people putting a lot of energy on this window onto Arteta, and I do think the energy on this window should definitely be looked more at the hierarchy than, than Arteta. Uh, I'm not saying that he's absolved of any kind of blame, but... There is a strong argument that he hasn't been backed in this window to sign players. Um, but then there's an argument to suggest that he's not signed off on some players. It's impossible to know, I suppose. Uh, any news about a takeover, says Game Boy? Uh, no. <laughs> no, in fact, we're probably furthest from a takeover we've ever been, to be fair, because uh, Daniel Ek tried to uh, sort a sponsorship deal with Arsenal for Spotify. That broke down, and ironically, that's going to go to Barcelona now, where uh, Aubameyang's also gone. Um, let's go to Dave who says so in conclusion no one around us actually did any better than we did 
Uh, not really, Dave. That's, that is kind of the reality. But that in itself, Dave, makes me more frustrated. It makes me more frustrated because it's the opportunity missed to, you know, open a, open a gap or close a gap or, you know, just do something to improve in comparison to your rivals. That's, that's the frustration for me. Uh, whereas in the summer, Man United, Spurs, Chelsea, they're all going to look to strengthen. West Ham, you would think, would as well. They're always going to look to get better. Man United are going to bring in a new coach, which could be a Pochettino. It could be a Ten Hag. I think it'll be a Pochettino, who you know is a better current manager than Ralph Ranić. And Ralph Ranić will do a really good job in that consultancy, technical director, director of football kind of role that he's got. So they're going to get better. Their decision-making is going to get better. So that's, yeah, that's the frustration for me. Uh, Stepan says, don't you think a player like Veghorst who was signed by Burnley could have also helped Arsenal? I absolutely do. I really don't think that's uh, an overreaction to suggest that a six foot five striker when we put 33 crosses into the box against Burnley, ironically, um, could have helped us with a goal or two. Uh, Muggsy says, how are we going to break down Wolves now when we couldn't get one past Burnley? Let's keep our fingers crossed that something miraculous happens and you know, we see the Arsenal that were breaking down Norwich and Leeds and Southampton and West Ham. Let's hope we see that team because we haven't seen that team in quite some time. I think a lot of it's to do with our lack of midfield and hopefully having Partey and Xhaka back for that game will help. But that's a big, big hope. It's a big if. Matt says, Tom, did you watch Gimaraish's announcement video? Was he or his team throwing shade at Arsenal? Hey, look, I don't know if the player has to sign off, but it stinks of saltiness. That's what it stinks to me of. Absolute salty, saltiness. Elbach says, why is it Edu's fault when we don't buy players? Then we make good signings, we praise Arteta. Uh, it's a good point. Like Arteta got a lot of praise from myself in the summer for a lot of the signings that we made. I think that the praise for Arteta does come from the identification of some of those players. Um, that Arteta kind of got praised for being the one that pushed for a, for a Ramsdale, pushed for White, pushed for Tommy Asu, pushed for Erdegaard. Um, but actually... This window, the reason why Arteta is not getting as much stick as maybe as much praise as he got in the summer is because maybe he had targets, maybe he had the names just like he did in the summer, but Edu and the hierarchy didn't get them done, didn't get him the players that he wanted. Let's be real, Arteta's wanted to strengthen. He's spoken in the press conferences. He wanted to get us players. He wanted us to improve. He wanted us to sign people but knew that the team and the hierarchy were struggling to get those deals done. So that's why I think that Edu is getting more of the flack, to be honest, than Arteta is. Uh, Alfonso says, uh, Tom, do you think the outlook of the pandemic has hind uh, uh, will hinder us to make additional signings, especially in January? Do I think that the, that the pandemic affected us to sign players? No, I don't. I don't think it did. I think you've seen players move that would have improved us. So that's why I don't think you can blame it on the pandemic, to be honest. Um, Anas says, did Arsenal sign? As far as we're aware, mate, they have an agreement with the team and that'll happen in the summer. Adam says, Tom, trying to get over the disappointment and make sense of things is the only way that would explain not signing a centre-forward would be that Aubameyang's replacement and the lacquer uh, one were unavailable. They were unavailable, you're right. The ones that they wanted were unavailable. Um, but the point is, Adam, and the problem is, and the argument against that is that there were players that could have improved us in the striking position that moved this window that were available so the ones that they may have wanted weren't but that's not to say that they are then absolved of any blame because strikers that were good enough to improve us and to give us something did move 
Um, but I'm going to be writing a lot more about that today. Speaking of which, I need to wrap up because I need to get ready to do that and to start work. So if you have uh, enjoyed the show, and even if you haven't, please do drop a like on the video. There's nearly 800 of you watching, even though the transfer window is closed. We are going to continue to do these shows at 8 a.m., bringing you all the latest Arsenal news at 8 a.m. every single morning and doing our usual Q&A session. So uh, please do make sure you're subscribed and joining us at 8.30, 8 a.m. every day. Join me at 9.30 over on the Arsenal Way as well this morning. Link is in the description. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. 30,000 subs is very, very close. So please, please do help and show your support. And then I'll be back on this channel at 5 o'clock this afternoon with Ask Blog Clive from the Arsenal Vision podcast and former Arsenal striker Kevin Campbell. So do make sure you join us at 5pm to have a whole breakdown of the window. I will see you very, very soon. Have a fantastic Tuesday and uh, worst day of the week Tuesday it really is um, but hopefully we can make it a bit better for you have a fantastic day I'll see you again very very soon and as always up the Arsenal it's the 90 plus minute all your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget snatching all three points Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your Mook delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.